Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Have you ever had an argument with someone in your head? Now, if you have, this video is going to be perfect for you. So before we get into quite a large agenda, because there's actually some serious points to be made about if you have voices in your head, and I wanted to take the time to consider how you can really solve and overcome those. But before we do that, wherever you are in the world, say hi if you're watching live. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Live Feed Video and Audio Podcast. I'm Rob Moore, and if you don't risk anything, you risk everything, and I'm going to risk talking about the thing that most people don't talk about, which is the voices in their head. So if you can relate to having an argument with someone in your head, then the next 15 points I think are really going to help you. So often what happens is you'll read an email. Someone will even just give you a little bit of a look. I mean, their, their, move, their mouth will move a millimetre, and all of a sudden you'll make it mean a million different things. And, uh, you know, you'll think that they're upset with you, that, you know, their problems are because of you and, that you know, you've offended them. And, you know, all of a sudden, 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, you can be having these conversations. You, them, you, them, you know, oh, you know, sort of self-damaging talk. You can even play out some arguments and scenarios and debates and discussions it can affect the next half an hour or even day or week of your life because instead of being in the present moment, you know, the gift of being with your kids or focusing on your client or customer or, you know, doing the most important task in your day, you're distracted and you can't get out of your own head. And not being present is probably one of the most damaging things to your future because if you're not present, the current present can't dictate the future because you're distracted. So most people have a voice in their head. Now, having spoke to 400,000-ish entrepreneurs, investors, you know, people who want to develop themselves, many people have different voices. So for some, it's, it's a more sort of sceptical or nasty version of themselves. For others, it's their parents. You know, it might be their dad. It might be their mum. It might be the key figure in their life. It, it might be someone who um, you know, really victimised them, bullied them, abused them, you know, whatever. But often, it's a voice of someone. Now, my personal one is, is, is a more sceptical, negative, victim version of myself. It might be a critic. You, know, you, know, you might uh, play a, a specific individual's voice over and over and over and over, and then that, that voice might change. So you, know, you might be going into some sort of situation you know, and you might be trying to lift yourself up and say, look, I've got this. I can do this. And then this critic goes, can you fuck? You can't do this. You're a loser. And it's almost like, you know, there can be like, I don't know, the angel and the devil on your shoulder. You know, you might be trying to lift yourself up and thinking, you know, I'm worth more than this. You know, I deserve more than this. And then this voice goes, you don't deserve anything. You're not worth nothing and can kind of talk you down. And this voice can, is a lot louder and a lot more oppressive negative energy, negative news, when I say negative, you know, I mean warning or fear or pain, is stronger, apparently through some science, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't quote me on exactly, but it's, it's around two and a bit times stronger, and sort of from an evolutionary point of view, that's necessary for us to take note of something that could cause us damage or pain, and it override 
pleasure and positivity. So it's natural that, you know, that is the case. And by the way, it serves you. Fear serves you. This voice does serve you because it warns you. And you need warning. You know, if you were just like, oh, everything's great. Everything's fluffy. I love myself and I'm going to have a nice chat with myself. Woohoo! Yeah. You know, then you're not going to be aware of imminent physical danger, but also social danger. Because in past, 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 it's social danger equaled physical danger. Because if you were, um, had a problem socially and you were outed socially, you may not survive and you may die. So, you know, we still have that same angst socially as we did, you know, survive, from a survival point of view thousands of years ago. So the important thing, first of all, is today, I'm not saying you can go pop it and get rid of it and get rid of these sort of, you know, counter voices, because that doesn't serve you. And if you did that, the likelihood is you're just going to go and drive your car off a bridge or, you know, you're not going to take seriously serious issues. You need that. Okay, so, you know, like, I think a great thing to do here is to look at trying to just increase this voice a little bit and decrease this voice a little bit if you have voices. And, you know, you might uh, call that self-coaching. So, um, you know, when I was a lot younger, for example, when I wanted to be a professional golfer, and I was a single-figure handicapper, and I was probably 13, 14 at the time. My career got ruined when I got my first girlfriend, by the way. So if you're watching, Nicola, you ruined my golfing career. Um, not really, uh, but, you know, that my focus <laughs> changed. So I'd hit a couple of shots and they'd go well and I'd put a lot of pressure on myself to do really well. And on the second hole, which has water, you know, invariably I'm focusing on the water. I hit it in the water and all of a sudden it'd be like, there you go again. You're never going to be a... Sorry, I'm doing the wrong side. There you go again. You're never going to be a professional. You're shit at this. I don't know why you bother. Blah, blah, blah. And it would just get so loud and it would just beat me. And then I would get frustrated and then I would get angry. And that frustration and that anger would come, up, come about on the third hole and the fourth hole. And by the fifth hole... I'd completely ruin it. Now, if there was no pressure and no competition and no nothing, it'd be fine. I'd relax and, you know, and, and, I, and I wouldn't think about it. So it's taken about £1.2 million. And this is a bit of a, a, a sort of an embarrassing admission here, but it's taken about £1.2 million worth of personal development courses. As I've done, you know, I'm a, the biggest course junkie you'll ever meet. And by the way, that's one of the biggest things that's changed my life. But I've done all sorts of personal development courses. You know, you, you name most of the big personal development guys who have these huge seminars. You know, the American trainers, I've done virtually all their courses. And when I go on Audible, I'll buy like 40 or 50 books in one go. Try and do many courses in anything I want to learn and develop and improve. I have various mentors. So I've spent a lot of this time and money and energy on personal development. And I think the, the biggest thing it's enabled me to do better, not perfectly, because you know, we're always working on it, is to self-coach better. So, you know, this voice goes off, you're a loser, you can't do it, you don't deserve it. And you go, hey, wait a minute, I'm worth this. You know, I can do this. Everyone makes mistakes. And then you're like, well, you make loads. Uh, you know, you're an idiot. You know, not, not everyone makes all the mistakes that you do. Uh, and then you go, well, you know, mistakes are part of your journey. And that's how you learn. And you just start coaching yourself. And I think if you can catch yourself coaching yourself, you are a great way towards being able to deal with these sort of, you know, negative challenges and voices. Now, some people, you know, in the sort of spirit, more spiritual and meditative world, you know, they would say things like, well, just allow the emotion to be there. You know, state what the emotion is. Ooh, this is Rob's angry voice. Ooh, I acknowledge him. Ooh, hello, Rob, Mr. Rob Angry. I see you there. And then, you know, and allow yourself to feel that emotion and then it will subside. And, and whilst I get that there's, you know, probably some benefit in there, I think you can coach yourself to overcome it better. And certainly the anger I feel, the resentment, the envy, the jealousy, the desire for revenge, you know, all these negative traits, which, by the way, every human trait, every human being has. 
So I think this very Zen trying to sort of disown all these negative emotions and just always be purely in bliss. I think there's a bit of delusion there because every human being has every trait because if there wasn't a trait in a human being that didn't serve the human being, the human being wouldn't experience the emotion of the trait. So it's there for a reason. But what I would say for sure is the time it takes from this one to talk to this one and this one so kind of like um, talk this one out and down has got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter over the years, the more personal development I've done. Now, Julian's just said, what book would you recommend above all others to coach yourself? Well, you know, there's, on this specific subject, I think that what to say when you talk to yourself by Shad Helm's letter is really good. And also feel the fear and do it anyway is really good. In terms of coaching yourself, that's a good question. I, I, I think that, you know, if you read anything by Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within, you know, it's really good. Uh, my book, Life Leverage, may really help with that. It's, it's kind of business and money focused, but it's basically a, a personal development book around business and money. So Life Leverage, that may help as well. All right, then. So this voice might go, keep going. You can do this. This voice might go, give up. Why are you doing this? You keep making a mistake. Just give up. You don't deserve it. So, you know, can you get this voice just to talk this voice down a bit? Because um, whilst sometimes if you're vlogging a dead horse, it's smart to give up. Most of the time, it's better not to give up because you're going through all the early challenges and the growing pains. So, you know, again, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. Hold your breath, keep going, keep going. Imagine how it'll be in a week, in a month, a year. It'll get better. So better uh, self-coaching there. All right, so you have another challenge. And, you know, by the way, this can be any challenge. This can be business, this can be personal, this can be relationship. You know, I've got quite a rejection complex, which has definitely gone down over the years. But, you know, when I was an overweight kid and I, I felt I was bullied a lot, and even when I wasn't bullied, I imagined I was bullied, I had a huge rejection complex. And if someone rejects me now, you know, a bit of that feeling immediately is sort of, sort of flows across my body. It's almost like an automatic emotional response, a chemical response. And, you know, it might last days and weeks, you know, when I was, what, nine years old. And I'll feel it now, but I'll feel it for like a quarter of a second. So, and, and this could be from my fiance, this could be from my business partner, you know, if they just sort of reject me. And, uh, you know, and I used to take that very personally, like rejecting me. But, you know, if there's anything you might want to note from this audio video, uh, really important is if you can understand that they're not rejecting you, but they are rejecting the behavior, they are rejecting the comment, they are rejecting the proposal, they are rejecting the pitch. So if you can distance you from the thing that's getting rejected, then it preserves and protects. It keeps your self-worth intact. But if each time any small bit of rejection goes through the wall of the thing and into who you are and you go, oh, they're rejecting me, that's when it really kills your self-worth and that, that, that killing of that self-worth that just spreads in every area of your life. So you're not confident with raising your kids, you're not confident with your partner, you're not confident in running your business, you don't want to sell, all that kind of thing. So, you know, just understanding that, that key difference. Now, when I was an artist and was failing and skin and couldn't sell any of my work, what I would do is I'd paint more pictures to avoid the conflict of having to go to galleries and agents and entering competitions to get my work seen. So each time I, because I, 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 what I wanted to do was not have the rejection on my work because rejecting the work was rejecting me. And what they weren't saying when I heard it was, oh, this art isn't right, or we're too busy, or we have too many artists, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. What I was hearing was, I'm a shit artist. I'm not experienced enough. I'm, you know, I'm not, I didn't go to the right university and get the right training and blah, 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 blah. 
So I, again, that's for, sort of, you know, one of the greatest gifts of personal development and listening, listening to podcasts and listening to books and going on personal development courses, you know, not, not just for the sake of it, but the right ones, is that, you know, you can teach to remove your self-worth, protect it from, you know, the, the experience. And also, you need a bit of that negative feedback, a negative, you know, it's a general word, but you need that to, in help to help you grow. So if an agent says, this kind of work isn't right for this kind of gallery, and you go, okay, I understand, that's useful, so I've either got to go to a different gallery or I've got to sort of look at changing and improving my work, then again, that's a really useful thing. So we mustn't deny this voice or anything else. But, you know, back when I was 24 years old, if I imagined going to a gallery, even before I got on the train, even before I booked it in, what I would imagine is the conversation with the gallery owner and them saying something like, opening the art, their face dropping and going, well, this art's shit. You're never going to sell any of that. You're never going to get anywhere. You might as well fuck off on the train back to Peterborough. You're not worth it being in London. That was literally was, would be what I would say to myself before I even got on the train. And that's crazy. And I had the same thing approaching girls. It was like for years of my life. I mean, I had had sex in a girl. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> and what would happen is I'd see maybe see a girl from the 28 million years I was single and I'd sit there and, why don't girls just come and approach me? And, you know, why won't a girl come and knock on my door and, you know, the perfect girl for me? I mean, talk about idiot. And I might see from a distance or someone I was very attracted to. And I, my mind would play this movie. And what would happen is it, it imagined me sort of going over to her sheepishly and sort of tapping her on the shoulder and saying, hi, I'm Rob. And I'd imagine her going, DJ, stop the music. Everyone, listen, this guy, loser, trying to pull me, get him out, bouncers. And that, that is what would play in my mind. And that is insane. So here's something else that hopefully might be useful. Sorry about the shouting and the rant. And that is what you imagine is going to happen you know, this voice, this movie that you play, you know, the argument they have with someone in your head, how you think they're reacting, that movie that you play, it's got to be 99.9%. It will not play how you play it. I mean, for it to play exactly how you play it, you'd have to be a, a, a seer of the future. You'd have to be a reader of the tarot cards. You know, you'd, you'd have to be someone way off this planet. You can't predict what's gonna happen. So if you're going to play a movie, and you're going to predict what you think is gonna happen, surely it would be more logical and better for your self-worth and better for your ego and better for your, you know, the people around you and your business and your family if you imagine something good. Because if your self-worth is good and your confidence is good, you know, without being arrogant and without being bullshy and cocky and everything else, but if your self-worth on you is good, you're a better parent and you're a better husband and wife and you're a better salesperson and you're a better leader of your business. So it serves you to play a good movie. It doesn't serve you to play an overly bad movie. It serves you to look at the points that might be difficult and the challenges. Okay, so what we've got here, just um, if you're listening, this is really useful, you'll have to try and find the video somewhere. We've got a lot of people posting recommendations of books and, and, and things like that. That's a great thing to do. So please keep them coming if you've read any good books or you've got any good articles or anything like that on this subject. We need to get this out more because I think, I've not heard anybody say to me, I don't have a voice in my head, you know, I don't have some kind of self-talk. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get that out there. So you may, sometimes you may hear your voice going, you're a fraud. You know, you haven't got enough experience in this. You're not, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you need to wait until you've got 58 degrees and 935,000 properties and you've turned over 28 million pounds before you should even open your mouth. 
Now, everyone starts somewhere and everyone deserves a chance. And if you know a bit more than one other person, then you can help that one other person. If you played the drums for a day, you can teach your five-year-old who's never played the drums before. And, you know, you, I'm not saying you can charge £28 million an hour for your session, but the point is, there is always someone above you and below you in anything you or they do. So rather than telling yourself a fraud, say that, you know, you've got something to give and there's someone to help and just focus on helping the right niche you know, if you've got, you know, a lot of my followers are property investors. If you've got three or four or five properties, even if it took you 85 years to build that portfolio, well, that's more than must be 97, 98% of the population. So you can help people. So don't, you know, you know this fake it till you make it. Nah, I'm not so keen on that because I don't think you should ever fake who you are. And I don't think you should bullshit and you should definitely not, you know, when people call it marketing and it's kind of playing with the truth, I don't like that. Be it until you see it, I think is a lot better a way of looking at this fake it till you make it. But you don't have to fake anything. You just have to be honest about where you're at, what you're doing, who you are, and you will attract the people who, you know, are attracted to that. Because, you know, if you're trying to market your business or pitch yourself or anything like that, and you're trying to lift yourself up to higher than who you are, well, you're actually trying to show someone, someone else, not who you are, and you'll attract the wrong kinds of people, and then you'll have the wrong kind of problem, the, you know, the right kind of problems, you'll have problems. Whereas if you show people who you are, you're able to attract the people that are more attracted to you. And, you know, Mark and I have 720 properties that we manage and co-own and have joint ventures in, and that's overwhelming to some people. And it's underwhelming to my friend Andres Paniotu, who had 6,000 flats, I think it was, before the recession. So if I just say how many we've got and don't over or under egg it, I'll attract the right people. Now, if you've got five or you've got 50, you might be attracted to me helping you. But if you've got zero, you're going to look at that, like someone like that, those numbers, and think that's a bit too much. You know, it's a bit overwhelming. It's, it's a bit of a distance. I'd rather um, speak to someone who's got five properties. So show the world who you are. Don't be a fraud. Don't let your voice tell you you're a fraud and you'll attract the right kind of people. I'm constantly hearing people, you know, sort of relationships. Oh, I want to find the man, right man or, you know, woman or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, I just want someone to love me for who I am. Well, don't we all? But the thing is, if you ain't showing them who you really are because you've got this facade, this facade could be, you know, fraud, you know, BSing and trying to show the world that you're bigger than you are. This kind of like not showing the world who you are because you're doing the opposite because you're de-pedestalizing yourself. Until you show the world who you really are, you're not going to find anyone to love you for who you really are. So if you stop being anyone other than who you are, all of a sudden the right clients, the right partners, the right customers, you know, the right um, partners, the right, I might have said partners, the right everyone, the right fiancé, the right fiancée, will all, all of a sudden be attracted into your life because the people that are looking for the real you will find you when you show them who you are, but they can't find you when you're not. So you're attracting people who are looking for the veiled fake version of you and you're showing the world and then you're bitching to the world about it that there's no decent men or women in the world. I live in Peterborough, there's fuck all here. So, you know, you live somewhere better. So anyway, all right, um, what else have we got? I'm only halfway through here, but I think I can uh, sum it up pretty soon. So yeah, I think that developing yourself and investing in yourself and managing and dealing with these voices and constantly investing in your education and reading and listening on podcasts and being around great people and talking to people you admire and listening to their work and following their Facebook pages and all of those things, that you constantly get topped up. And, and some people have this delusion that they can read one book once and then all of a sudden they're cured and solved and they can move to the next thing. No, it's a bit like, you know, you, you eat three times a day. And, um, you know, I try and listen to about five podcasts on average, and it might be half a book a day, because you need to constantly top it up. You need to constantly remind yourself. And, you know, it's, it's like anything. It's like a muscle. You're developing it. So maybe you experience guilt, shame, anger, 
envy, resentment, revenge. This is not the pure, real you. It's funny because we often do a better job of beating ourselves up than anyone else and any critic and any hater and any troll could ever do. Surely that's all wrong. You know, you, sh you should be the one lifting you up. And, um, you know, that's another reason why coaches and mentors, I think, is great because, you know, they can lift you up. You know, you're paying them, so you kind of, they kind of got to, so that's a good thing. I was interviewing Richard Reed, and um, he's written a book, a great book, called... Uh, it's quite a specific title. If I could tell you just one thing. And the reason it's that specific is he's met a lot of amazing people. And um, I think he's amazing and I, I loved interviewing him. And um, I asked him the question, if you could tell me just one thing. So this book is his stories of over the last you know, decades of meeting amazing people and asking them just one thing that they could give. You know, business people, you know, Terry Waite, you know, obviously, who was um, held captive for years. And what Richard said to me in his answer was, give yourself a bit of a break. Give others a bit of a break. You know, look for the good. You know, just stop beating yourself up. And I thought that was amazing advice. Just give yourself a bit of a break. Stop criticising yourself all the time. Stop telling you, yourself that you can't do this, you can't do that, you're losing, blah, blah, blah. Now, by the way, there's an extreme opposite, isn't there, when someone is talking themselves up too much. So there's the balance here of humility to learn and grow and beating yourself down. But, you know, your critics, your haters, your trolls, they're going to do a bloody good job of it, so you should stop doing it to yourself. A great way to change that is to catch yourself doing something well. Now, most people catch themselves doing something bad. There we go again. But imagine if you were kind to someone, you gave a good tip, you, you, know, you gave someone a good compliment. Sorry, I'm smashing everything here. Why don't you catch yourself doing something good? I bet you, if you caught yourself doing 10 to 15 things good a day, that would self-perpetuate and self-fulfill so that you would do more good deeds. Your self-worth would go up, which would make you do more good deeds. And then you'd catch yourself doing more good deeds. And this will be positive reinforcement. And, um, you know, I think that that's a great thing to do. And I started doing that with parenting with Bobby because a couple of times, you know, as you know, I'm trying to raise the next world number one golfer. He's the highest ranked five-year-old in the world and he's got all the major championships this year in the six under. And, um, you know, like we go through, we've gone through an amazing journey and I've loved every minute and I've learned a load and I was probably a little bit more pushy in the past than I, I am now. And a couple of times I probably pushed him too hard and I felt real guilt about that. Uh, but each time I did that, I went and bought a load of parenting books. I bought Tiger Woods' uh, dad's book, Earl Woods' book on raising, you know, uh, Tiger Woods. And I, I tried to read and learn and study everything because of the guilt. The guilt forced me to do that. And then it improved my parenting techniques. So, you know, the things that you do that are a challenge that give you that guilt serve you if you let it serve you and don't let it beat you down. But also... I go read these books, go and uh, implement these techniques with Bobby, and you've got to catch yourself doing all the good things because you do way more good things than you think. So pick out all your good traits. Pick out all your good traits in business. Pick out all your good traits as a, as a, a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, you know, a, a friend, a partner. If you see, the thing is, if you don't believe your, in yourself, why should anyone else believe in you? So the greatest gift you can do is to lift your self-belief up and your self-worth and then others will believe in you, they'll be attracted to you, blah, blah, blah. So here's a, a summary then. Can you get better at the good voice than the bad voice? Can you look at self-coaching and talking this one down a bit and talking this one up a bit without trying to deny this because this is an important voice? It just needs to be a little bit quiet. It needs to be a little whisper in the ear, a little warning. Hey, Rob, just tipping you off here. You need to hear this. Okay, thanks for the feedback. And then on we go. Not wow, wow, wow. You're shit at everything. By the way, when you uh, release a lot of the things that you're not good at, because I said pick yourself up on all the things you're good at, 
But if you let go of all the things you're not, because I spent a lot of time trying to impress people and make them think that I was good at the things I'm not because my self-worth was so low and I was trying to live my self-worth. In the end, all that does is put a load of pressure on yourself. I've got to be good at this, I've got to be good at that. I've told everyone I can do this and I can't do it. I've told them blah, 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 and all of that's a huge amount of pressure. And then of course, you know, when it all gets exposed, your self-worth again is, you know, you have to scrape it off the floor, off the griddle. So when you own the things about you that are great, then that lifts your self-worth. When you allow yourself to let go of the things you're not great at and admit it, you can outsource it, leverage it, hire it. It's so liberating because you just let go of all that energy and fear and shame and, you know, like, you know, there's imposter syndrome where you're worried about getting exposed and you get to do more of what you love and people are seeing more of what you're good at because you're showing them more because you're doing it more and everything else that you're no good at, someone else loves the opposite of you and they're good at it and you give them the gift of being able to do it. And that's an amazing, liberating experience. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this audio video podcast. A few things before we go. So please put your name, where you're from, where you currently are on the, in the world in the comments box. Now, if you've got any great books or recommendations, put it in the comments box. If you're not in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community, make sure you get yourself in there right now. So that's Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community in Facebook. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for following my work. If it weren't for you, then, you know, like, I wouldn't be able to do what I love, so I'm, I'm very grateful to you. So thanks for tuning in. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. 